0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is November 12th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the living legend, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is popping?
2: Not much, man. Just, uh... Do people
1: ever call you Lucas? I almost said Lucas, but I know that's not your name. Right,
2: and that's the reason that it makes me mad. But yes, there has been people who have called me Lucas in the past, and uh, they didn't call me Lucas anymore after one time, you know? So... You got that upset. I sent about the it. I sent the Jokic brothers after them, actually. And they took care oh, of it boy. for me. So
1: let's get right into that. That's the first order of business uh on the docket tonight. So if you have not been living under a rock the last week, you know uh the other night Nuggets heat, uh I believe they were in Denver. Been a very physical game. The Nuggets, I believe, were up seventeen at this point. There's like barely you know, it's like two minutes and forty seconds to go. Markeef Morris slams into in Nikola Jokic, then turns around, and then we. So we we've seen Jokic's temper in the past mm-hmm. against the Magic. If you remember last season, just cocked way back, like basically to Serbia to slap Terrence Ross's arm, like after he thought he should have got fouled or whatever. So this is our this isn't our first like experience with Jokic getting frustrated during a game but just like completely spears Markeith Morris in the back. Just everything that he had behind it. You see you know Morris's head just snap back, lies on the ground for like 15 minutes. Tyler Hero, to his credit, is the first guy that walks up to Jokic. Yo, what do you think you're doing? Blah, 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 blah. Um, before we get into the kind of extracurriculars that happened around this fiasco, what were your thoughts of just like the initial kerfluffle? Carfuffle. <sighs> that's great
2: um yeah so i initially was just sent it you know the clip by a friend right my my good buddy brandon he sends in the group chat and he's like he's like the Madman. shout out to the mad the man. mad man himself yeah and uh he he sends this to me and uh and he said you know basically like uh you know jokic you know jokic is uh jokic is crazy he's wiling, right And I, and
1: if Jokic is the madman, actually.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so I watched the clip and I'm like, I don't, I was like, I don't, I I think like Jokic was out of line for that. And then he sent me into another angle of the, the Morris foul, like from kind of like an angle from behind sort of. And at that angle, I was like, oh no, I, I think Morris got what he had coming. Like I, I get it. Like Jokic shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, I don't. I'm not like think less of Jokic for that because of that one incident. Because I, Morris is, I, I don't like Morris. so it's completely fine to me.
1: I I like this out of Jokic. I didn't appreciate the Terrence Ross slap. Like I thought that was not warranted. That was more so a scenario where uh, he was frustrating with the officiating that night, and it you know may have, the frustration may have been warranted, but this was like directly a retaliation of a dirty hit one second before. Yeah. You know, Shaq and and Chuck talked about this on Inside the NBA, about how you don't hit a guy and then turn your back and then act shocked when you get attacked from behind. What is Jokic supposed to do? Spin this guy around and then tackle him? No. You threw a cheap shot, you immediately got a cheap shot back. Now, the thing that just my disdain for the heat really drove this, the thing that I just found the funniest out of all of this, was like, you know, in the moment, everybody's in the middle of the court like I'm watching it now. You know, you've got Tyler Hero there, you've got uh, you know, uh Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is like directly behind Jokic mm-hmm. in like this kerfluffle at one point and I keep using that word. As soon as they go back to the bench, Jimmy Butler starts getting incredibly animated. Now that there's about 57 people behind the two benches separating them to make sure nothing happens. Then Jimmy starts getting all tough. Like, let's take this ish to the back. Let's take this ish to the back. And then after the game, they're, you know, trying. It was the the Clippers. Was it the Clippers and the Rockets a few years ago where Chris Paul tried to sneak into the back of the Clippers locker room? It was kind of that type of vibe of the Heat player sitting allegedly in the back hallway, waiting for the Nuggets players to come out of the locker room, knowing very well, in my opinion, that security was going to catch wind of the matter yeah. and come and kind of put the whole kibosh on the situation. So, basically, the entire Heat team this night was very much the the hold me back guys. Right. And people talk about Heat culture all they want, and this is just an and there is some truth to that. But when people want to act like I, I find the reason that I don't like Jimmy Butler is I just find him to be very corny. Mm. The way that he acts, the way that he speaks, sometimes I find him corny. And this was just like the corn dog on top of the corn on the cob at like the Nebraska Corn Festival. Shout out to my boy, Luke Silva. Hey. This was just the corniest thing in the whole world to act like that. You could have, you could have done what we saw Terrence Ross playingly do to Julius Randall was to put him in the rear naked right. choke, you know, the sleeper hold. You could have done whatever you wanted to Jokic in that instance, but you didn't. And, and that, look, I'm not trying to, act, I'm a tough guy. Jimmy Butler would rip my skin off of my body and wear it as a Halloween costume. I'm not acting like I don't understand that, but you just don't do this. I just find that very uncool for a guy who is, you know, uh, most people find Jimmy Butler to be very, air quotes, cool. Right.
2: Luke. (laughs) So what I want to touch on, which, yes, we, we all know a lot of the NBA players today, a lot of them are buddies, right? A lot of them like to get caught up in the heat of the moment, knowing very good and well there's going to be someone holding them back. They this isn't this isn't like malice at the palace territory anymore. I don't oh, I don't think that that you know is really capable of happening in today's NBA. I really don't. Uh, you got to have like the perfect storm for that to happen. Obviously, that was the case with malice at the palace too, right? You had the perfect storm. Um, you know, you put you know Ron. Ron Metaworld piece, our test out there, and uh, anything can happen, I guess. But, um, yeah, so as far as that goes. But what I want to talk about is the Jokic brothers.
1: The Jokic brothers. The Jokic
2: brothers who I want to I want to clear something up. And, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you can let me know, Jonathan. But, but I don't think – I think the Jokic brothers are crazy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs, game four of the playoffs, where Suns, Nuggets – uh Devin Booker and Jokic kind of get into it, and there's a scrum. And then they, there's a guy filming it, and he pans over to Jokic brothers, and they're just yelling. They're yelling at they're the team. The they want to go. They want to get down, on there on the court, and they want to go. I am not denying that they're crazy. I'm not denying that they probably can drink vodka with straight vodka, and that's it, right? Uh, they don't need a chaser.
1: They squeeze the vodka out of the potato. Exactly, right. And
2: I'm not denying any of that. But I do deny is that they would do anything crazy in terms of like some people are out there like, oh, they're 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 like Serbian thugs and they're going to hire somebody. And like they're going to take like you're going to wish you didn't say a word, Jimmy Butler. Guys, let's not. They, one of them played like college ball here. Like they're very American in terms of like just that. I don't think that they're going to be hiring a hitman anytime soon. um I do know they're going to be at the next. Game, I guess, between the Heat and the Nuggets, they've already bought their tickets. It was well known, you know. He replied to the other Morris brother, who, by the way, Morris brothers are a little crazy too. I I won't deny that. Morris brothers are crazy, and that's for a whole other reason. They've got the same tattoos. Rumor has it that they shared a bank account until like a couple years ago. The they're weird, they're weird dudes, and they're very weird in their own right. But I don't I I don't think that anything's gonna happen. I think they're just going to sit there. The Jokic brothers might be a little bit of tough guys themselves, right? Like they might just like sit there from the crowd, just yell and point and act like they're going to do everything. It's all antics, man. None of it's real. It's all fake. And, but it is funny. It's incredible. And it's what makes the NBA, the NBA that like, there's even things that happen like that. And and props to Jokic because Morris, I think deserves about a a hundred more of those pushed in the back that he got tonight uh, or the other night as, you know, he just, I, I don't like him very much.
1: Well, what I'll say is, um, the, uh, you know, was it, was it James Johnson, um, you know, playing for the Heat that was, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a black belt. He no longer plays for the Miami Heat. Right. So they don't have uh, that presence on the bench. If that was still the case, I'd be like, ah, eh, you know, maybe you don't want to mess with them. But Nemanja Jokic um, happens to be an MMA fighter that also practiced Muay Thai. There's this video going around the internet of him head-kicking, <laughs> basically taking this guy's head off. So I part of me feels like uh, those guys are, are pretty... Um, Insane. They're pretty prepared to, to take it as far as they have to. I'm not saying anyone's going to die or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I have a feeling that if they were to have a physical altercation with Jimmy Butler or someone in the like one Nikola Jokic is going to be able to bail them out of jail and they will very gladly take a lifetime to, you know ban mm-hmm. from any NBA events to stick up for their brother right you know what I mean so I just found the whole situation incredible just really you know funnier than anything and then seeing just heat fans, you know, want um, Jokic, you know, suspended for the entire season, and claiming that Markeith Morris, you know, was completely in the right, and all these other things is see, really just crazy in itself. But they, they,
2: so the, obviously, this this clip gets posted everywhere, right? But Udonis Haslam uh, actually says comments on a post and basically is like, you know, I disagree with whoever posted it, right? I disagree. Maybe Richard Jefferson. I disagree wholeheartedly. Jokic has committed those type of fouls that Morris has to stop the fast break in the past, yada yada yada. So true heat form. They got Ud coming to the rescue, and he's there to clear things up. And it's like, no, Jokic. That's not a common thing to stop the fast break. No, like he. It was like right into the ribs of Jokic. Jokic was defenseless. The ball was above his head. He was trying to get rid of the ball. Uh, Morris was just being a clown and I think that if you are defending Morris for that that's kind of crazy you could say Jokic shouldn't have done it but also that foul was not a common foul that's for sure he got fined for it so that clearly it's not a common foul it's not just an every you know day type of thing so yeah I mean more funny than anything for sure but also Jokic I, I I applaud his right to do that that was incredible
1: yeah. So the next time they play is actually in a couple of right. weeks. It's Monday, November 29th. They play at 730. That game right now is on NBA TV. I have a feeling that game might get flexed uh, you know, to, a, to like an actual nationally televised game. I'll definitely be paying attention. Um, I don't know if the Magic play that night. They, they might. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on that game.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Let's talk about a surprise team on the season so far uh, the Washington Wizards, Luke. Mm. So, um, right now, looking at the season here, the Washington Wizards, as of right now, we record this on Thursday night, are the number one team in the Eastern Conference, sitting at eight and three. Now, knowing what we know about the Washington Wizards, and obviously one player in particular on that roster, Bradley Beal, um, last year, you know, Magic fans can attest to the fact that the Wizards were just absolutely terrible defensively, like historically terrible defensively. So you would think if the Wizards got, you know, a lot better this year, it's probably was going to be because, you know, they got more scoring. And now that Russell Westbrook isn't there, Bradley Beal can, I guess, be a little bit more assertive. And they've added guys like Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrezl Harrell. So before I got a chance to really, you know, dive into this and, and look at the statistics, I was like, all right, well, their offense just must be, you know, every bit right. as good as it was, you know, last year. But it's really not the case. I mean... Yes, their offense is 17th in the league in offensive rating. Right now, they're sitting at fourth in the NBA in defensive rating. So over teams that we have been told that are just like defensive juggernauts this year, the Chicago Bulls, the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors, the Washington Wizards right now rank above each of those teams in defensive rating, Luke. First-year head coach Wes Unseld, who at one point was connected to the Orlando Magic, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit, But the Wizards are really getting things done, uh, more so defensively than anything else. Does it help that Kyle Kuzma is averaging almost 15 a game? Montrezl Harrell averaging 18.3. Spencer Dinwiddie, 15.4. Bradley Beal right now is averaging 23 points per game, Luke, and he's doing that 40% from the floor, 25% from the three-point line. So by no means is this an offense right now that is just kind of humming along. They're 17th in the league in offensive rating. Again, fourth in defensive rating, and they are seventh in net rating in the league as well. Uh, what are you seeing with the Washington Wizards, and, and why do you think they're able to do what they're doing right now? I I mean, I'm
2: seeing a team that's playing deep. I mean, they beat the Bucks the other night, and I think they played like a 10-man rotation, right? They're, they're playing 10-man rotations. They're not sticking to just eight, right? They're, they're playing, you know, unselled Jr.'s playing 10-man rotations and getting good run out of basically everybody um, at this point and Jonathan that's without Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant right like two guys that that haven't really been able haven't been able to contribute this year um that's without them and and those are guys that are going to you know be able to help them uh you know in every facet of the game for them right um so i'm really impressed with what i've seen from the wizards um i think i i read something the other day that was uh let's see i think i read this yeah so uh, with a uh, the one hundred one ninety four win over the Bucks on Sunday, so this was you know they beat the Cavs most recently. Before that, they played the Bucks. Uh, their squad improved to seven and three, marking only the fourth time in franchise history that the Bullets or the Wizards have won at least seven of their first ten games. So, I mean, this is a it could be a, a franchise type team for the Wizards. I don't really know. If you look at their strength of schedule, Jonathan uh remaining here just via Tankathon and how they do things they have the 20th. 28th so they've got a good chance to to just continue to capitalize on the run that they've had so far what are they 8 and 3 now so i i, I really think that they can end up with 46 maybe wins i don't think that's out of the question 46 to 48 wins i, I think that that'd be um something that they would Really enjoy, obviously, um, as a franchise their fan base. Bradley Beal deserves it. I as a as a Gator, I love Bradley Beal, but also I I do think that like he has stuck it out. He has just been super loyal in, in terms of that, and kind of the same wavelength as like a Damian Lillard, um, and you know been there through it all, right? I mean John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Now he has Spencer Dinwiddie that they added. I mean they. They made so many good moves this offseason, Jonathan, and there's not really one that I look at and I'm like, man, that was a, that was a crappy move. I mean, they just added pieces to make this team deeper. They added, obviously, Wesson Selb Jr., who clearly is making a difference. I mean, this, this Wizards team looks to be the real deal. Are they a contender? Probably not. I don't, I don't think they are, right? Um, and uh, But I do think that they are better than they have been in a long time. I think that they're they're poised to be a good team. I think Bradley bill has been waiting on this for a long time. I really hope that he's able to capitalize on it and and be a respectable seed in you know the Eastern Conference.
1: So um, you mentioned you know they're without Rui Hachimura, um, you know they're without Thomas Bryant. They're also without Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. who's one of the best three point shooters in the league. So he's definitely going to help bolster you know that offense a bit. And you know looking at Washington last year, who um, when the season finished. They finished the season 20th in defensive rating in the the league. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, it's early right now. uh, But right now, they're sitting at fourth. Now, they have added, you know, good defensive players in Montrezl Harrell, um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kuzma is a capable defender. So, personnel definitely helps. Um, But I wanted to ask you, looking at what Wes Unsell Jr. has done so far with this Wizards team, the turnaround that they've had defensively from last year to this year... The hot start that they've been able to get out to, and I'm just going to run through, um, you know, their their schedule and some of the teams uh, that they've been able to to beat so far. So they've got wins against Toronto, um, Indiana, who you know kind of underperforming. Boston and Atlanta, beginning of the season, those looked like big wins, but now we know that those teams are underperforming a little bit themselves. Uh, another win, a double overtime win against Boston, wins against Memphis, Milwaukee, and Cleveland. So, um, although they're you know they're not beating you know teams like the Brooklyn Nets or you know the Miami Heat every night. Those are, are still pretty significant wins um, you know, for a team that coming into the season maybe didn't have the highest expectations. So is there any part of you, and we're going to put our Magic fan hats on for just a moment here, that is like l- kind of looking at Jamal Mosley and you're looking <laughs> over at Wes Unseld like, okay, something is different here. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that Jamal Mosley isn't doing a great job with the young guys. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Um, I definitely think... Mosley was hired in in more in, in the terms of player development and Wes unselled, there's not as much player development. Like you have younger guys like, um, you know, like Denny and and you have obviously, you know, like a young guy in Thomas, uh, Bryant and, you know, Daniel Gafford, uh, you know, they, they just drafted, um, you know, Corey Kispert. Kispert as well. So there is some development more so in Orlando that needs to take place, but is any part of you like, hmm? I wonder how the Magic would have started the season with a West unselled. Not yet, not yet. I mean, you, you look at the Magic. I didn't until I kind of dove into the numbers here.
2: Well, right. I mean, it, the, the biggest difference, man, is that they're just a better team. Like that's just a more talented team. We don't have a a Bradley Beal. No, you 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 don't have a Bradley Beal. Uh, you don't have a Spencer Dinwiddie. I I think that I think that like that that team is.
1: Talented. we have a cole we have a cole anthony
2: we have a cole anthony okay come on now shout out shout out cole okay all right so anyway facts <laughs> point being the, the the wizards are just more talented and i think that each coach fits their scenario very well from based on what we've seen from the wizards that's very obvious with the magic mosley's been able to you know kind of take chances on things right the, the biggest thing being uh you know Wendell Carter jr and Mobamba playing alongside each other does one Suncell jr do that I don't know maybe he does it because he feels forced to or whatever same reason Mosley might have but but there's been certain things that Mosley's been able to tap into the best starting lineup in the league by the way um according to statistics and the way that they were outscoring opponents so I mean in and, and the team's not fully healthy so as far as the magic go Jamal Mosley no I, I there's no part of me that's like man I really wish we had West Sunsell jr West Junior, like that's such a what if game for me. He is doing his thing in Washington, and I hope that he has a great first year. But I don't think that it's anything that you know should be looked at and compared because I think the scenarios are just so vastly different um, that it, it really doesn't matter to me.
1: Do you think the uh, you know the Wizards you know now winners of their last three in a row? They're coming to Orlando this Saturday. I will be at that game. Good night. Do you think the Washington Wizards are experiencing a Joshua B. Robbins bump? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Absolutely. He was in, I think that's the answer.
2: He was in the uh, post-game presser last night, and he was asking Kuzma questions. Uh, Kuzma told some Cavs fans. That hurts. Kuzma told some Cavs fans. He prompted this from Josh Robbins. Uh, used to be with the Magic, for those of you who are listening and not Magic-related. Uh, just recently left writer for the athletic. Yeah, writer for the athletic is now going back to his hometown, covering DC, uh, the Wizards. So, wish him the best. Yeah, of course. Um, no, but he prompted the question from Kyle Kuzma. He he asked him about, I think, um, the sign that he signed. He signed a sign that said, like, uh, basically, LeBron got him his ring, and then Kuzma reminded Cleveland, without LeBron, you're nothing. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Um,
1: so. As Cole Anthony would say, facts. Facts.
2: So, uh, I, I, uh, yeah. So that's just a sidebar. Josh Robbins doing a great job. Can you go already. to
1: Cleveland on vacation.
2: No, <laughs> you don't.
1: Shout out to Joe, Joe Kim, Kim Noah.
2: Noah. But um, yeah, man, I, I think that you know Weston Sell Jr. is doing his thing in Washington. I hope he continues to do his thing. Just not this Saturday against the Magic. I hope that we, we can get a win uh, against the Wizards, who have had a very impressive start. They're five and two against teams that have made the playoff last year. So I uh I hope that the magic can uh, get something done. But yeah, Wizards impressed with them so far.
1: Luke Milwaukee Bucks hmm. concerned or not.
2: Ooh. Um as far as Milwaukee goes, they've been very banged up, right? I think that's like it'd be easy to just be like um chalk it up to to being banged up. Now, while Washington or while Milwaukee has has gone through that and what's what are they sitting at right now the record um six
1: and six six and six right so
2: they're back to 500 right
1: now they're eighth in the east
2: yeah so obviously they have been missing you know uh lopez right missing brook Giannis said that in a a post-game interview he said i need you i need you Brooke. come back i need you to rebound that's what he said um and then Grayson allen Uh, was interviewed and also said um, you know i know how good of a defender drew holiday is but as a guard though i kind of miss brooks presence most um he said after they after the defeat against the jazz especially with him usually holding down that back line underneath the basket cleaning up any mistakes a lot of the stuff in the pick and roll he can drop back and defend too he takes a lot of pressure off the guard so he's definitely being missed and I, i really do think that's kind of been the difference so far for the bucks man I, I mean, these are these are champions, right? This is a team that really shouldn't have to, you know, be dealing with this type of stuff right now. But it really is strictly injury, right? Bobby Porter's kind of getting back from, you know, injury, getting back to his true self. He's been contributing well as of late. Had 17 the other night against the Knicks, 17 and five on six of 11 shooting. So, uh, and and Grayson Allen has start. I think Giannis and Grayson Allen are the only two Bucks players that have started every game this year. Grayson Allen's kind of finding his his role there in, in Milwaukee, averaging almost, you know, fifteen point five a game, um, and, and doing, you know, pretty well and staying healthy, most of all, which is what the Bucks need right now. So I think that they're just kind of waiting to get back into rhythm. I wouldn't say I'm concerned about the Bucks um by any means. I am if they continue to just kind of stay beat up throughout the season, because as a Magic fan, we saw what injuries can do for a season. Right? I mean, you have injuries last season. If injuries don't happen last season, the Magic probably don't blow it all up and re- now are in rebuilding mode fully again. So hopefully the Bucks can get healthy. Um, I, I really don't see a reason why they can't get back to kind of championship form once they do have everybody healthy because then they will be a uh, pretty solid team. They beat a solid Knicks team by 12 last night. And uh, Giannis didn't have to drop 40 to do so. So I think anytime that happens, you know, Pat Connaughton came off the bench. 23 points on 14 shots. I think that they've got a lot going for them. They've had a lot of individual success with like kind of finding out, you know, what players can step up and, um, you know, guys like Grayson Allen and uh, they just need their guys to be healthy. That's really kind of the, the end point I think for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at their schedule, you know, they do have, you know, a handful of what we would call, you know, bad losses, a loss to Minnesota, a loss to San Antonio. Um, They were up big in that November 5th game against the New York Knicks before the Knicks came back and won that game. Um, But since then, you know, bounced back two in a row um, at Philadelphia and at New York. Both very hostile environments to play in. They were able to, you know, battle and and get the W's in that game. The reason that I'm, I'm not too concerned and I don't want to put too much weight into this game um, but from opening night, you know, they beat the Brooklyn Nets by 23. Mm. Um, I believe Drew Holiday went out early in that mm. game. Yeah, he played just 18 minutes. Obviously, you know, James Harden was still trying to figure things out, although he did play pretty well. I mean, you got 21 points off the bench from Patty Mills. So really a, a decent performance out of the Nets. But, you know, we, we've seen the Bucks fully healthy that first game of the year. Um, and honestly, they looked great. You look at the amount of games that guys have missed. Drew Holiday uh missed six games. Brooke Lopez now has missed the last eleven games. Chris Middleton also missed six games. Bobby Portis, like you said, he's kind of just now getting healthy. He missed, you know, five games. So these are our guys that are really big pieces to uh their rotation and what the Bucks like to do. If you look at Thanas and Tetacumpo, he's played and started um he's played eleven games. He started five this season. Um in the previous three seasons he started a total of five games (laughs) for the Milwaukee Bucks. So that just tells you that that's a guy, you know, right now getting a lot of minutes that normally wouldn't be in a position to do so. So I'm not, you know, concerned about the Bucks. Um, You know, these are, you know, for the most part, these guys have all played together for quite a long time now. Um, I think they're going to figure things out once everybody starts to get healthy. Uh, I don't think, you know, you get these guys into a playoff series and you can't really count out, you know, the reigning champs, anytime you've got Giannis, you're going to have a chance to win the ball game. You're going to have a chance to win the series. If you look at them, like just all across the board, they're just very middle of the road, 15th in offensive rating. They're 15th in defensive rating, and they are 16th in net rating total. So this is a team that right now is just very mediocre, very decent, very average. Um, Once they get those guys back, um, and those guys start clicking on all cylinders. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they're six and six. They're three games out of first place. It's 12 games in the season for a lot of teams. I, I'm not concerned about the bucks. All right, Luke, let's go ahead and take a quick break from our friends at Manscaped. And then I got some surprise questions for Mr. Luke. Guys, it is football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code SIXTH, that's S-I-X-T-H, at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense.
2: The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe
1: technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th At manscaped.com, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6, S-I-X-T-H. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. All right, Luke, I alluded to this before we started recording that I had a surprise question that I wanted to ask you. Um, One is going to be fun. The other one is just like really a softball for you. I want to get your thoughts on some things. But I wanted to get like your genuine reaction. And I wanted this to be like a really organic is sports conversation. Related? This is not. This is food related. Oh, okay. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Mm-hmm. I want to know, not maybe not like your number one food take, but what is a food take that you are absolutely willing to die on that hill?
2: Pineapple belongs on pizza with chicken.
1: I feel like that's being more normalized now. You have anything a little like more controversial? Brussels
2: sprouts are the best vegetable?
1: Okay, that's a horrible take, but let me hear it. Okay. Um,
2: Brussels sprouts. I was a I was a Brussels sprouts hater, okay? I, uh, I, I was a hater. I had them once before, um, when I, I don't know, I was probably like 19, 20 years old. I had them, and they were terrible. And I come to find out the reason they were terrible is because I believe they were boiled or something. Like they weren't prepared. They were prepared like our our parents prepared them or our parents' parents, I should say. There's a lot of, of parents, Jonathan, who like when I say parents, I mean like our parents' ages, right? You know, 50s, 60s, however old they are. That generation doesn't really care for Brussels sprouts and I think it's because their parents really screwed them over. Their parents were preparing them improperly, okay? All I have learned that all you have to do, Jonathan, do you like balsamic vinegar? Of course. Okay, it? great. So um, all you have to do, put a like a, a baking sheet, you know, a cookie sheet, whatever. Put your Brussels sprouts on there. Put them in the oven. I can't remember. It's like 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Put it in the oven at 350 or 400. You take them out and you, you just put balsamic vinegar on them. A little bit of garlic. Okay. You do the garlic before you put it in. They and the balsamic vinegar, but then you can add more balsamic vinegar after the fact. It is incredible. A large part and due in part to the balsamic vinegar. It's very redeeming. But Brussels sprouts are not what we think they are for those that don't like them. Uh, there's there's more there's they're they're elite.
1: I've had Brussels sprouts probably once in my okay, life. Okay, see, oh you um, were
2: one I was once like you, Jonathan. Listen,
1: Don't, I let you speak. (laughs) Do not, do not scream at me. Okay. They were absolutely terrible. Mm. And ever since then, I've just really steered clear of them. I put them in the same categories like cauliflower. To me, cauliflower is absolutely useless. What's your take on cauliflower? I like cauliflower. See, I think this might, where we might be at odds because cauliflower is genuinely useless. I've had it like by itself and and seasoned. Didn't care for it. I've tried like the cauliflower rice when I'm trying to eat clean and kind of stay away from you know the carbs and everything. You don't like it or and are you indifferent? Cauliflower just does not do it for me. It sucks. What? I'm very much indifferent. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is disgusting. But I was like, this is probably the most bland, boring food I've ever eaten in my life. Mm. So would you liken cauliflower at all to Brussels sprouts? And that they're slept on, sure. Other than, are, do they taste anything alike? No. Okay. Well, then I will be a little bit more willing to try Brussels sprouts <laughs> at some point. I don't know if I have the courage in me to do that, dude. but dude, I, you guys I are will, in I the. Will you're, promise uh, sorry, you, you're, Carmen. Let me. Let Carmen is cooking. If you guys cooking. are watching in the comments, if you guys are watching in the comments, I need your take on Brussels sprouts. I'm-
2: trash or not i'm about to uh find a brussels sprouts uh recipe and i'm sending it to carmen because i know you're not making them one second i have three in front of me right now on google d- so i wouldn't go that balsamic far. vinegar do you have any of those that's what it says okay you don't need to do shredded bals- brussels sprouts if anything's shredded no i refuse to don't do, do that. shredded just do normal brussels sprouts make sure they're you know soft right when you're done like that's how you know they're done right You can eat them a little harder if you want, but soft is good with the uh, balsamic vinegar. Just put it on top. There's no such... You don't need to be modest with it. Just douse
1: it. Let me tell you something. This is the about from Google. The Brussels sprout is a member of the Gemifera cultivar group of cabbages. That's all I need to know. Cabbage is trash. This is directly related to cabbage. Means it's also trash, but I will try it. Let me give you my take. Okay. Can you, can you try Burger it? Burger King can, is fire. Okay,
2: hold on, hold on. Can you do the Brussels sprout recipe
1: and then put it on our Patreon as a video? I will do that. Okay. I will do that at some point. Kay. I'll put that. I'll put the Patreon video. I'll do it for Patreon, and I'll put it on our Patreon. Brussels sprout review. If you're not a patron, you have to become a Patreon. Look at that. We're selling ourselves here. If you want to see me eat Brussels sprouts, mm. Luke, Burger King is fire. Mm. Do you agree or not? I
2: agree. I agree. I uh I their their chicken has has made me a believer in Burger King.
1: Now, you told me the chicken was not good. Yeah. So the, the what, what has changed? The spicy chicken. Thank you. Thank you. It did. Thank it you. It did it. It did it. it. It it brings it to a total another level. Yeah. It's good. You gotta like spicy, but it is good. It's not that spicy though. Well,
2: no, it's not. You're
1: right. Maybe it was KFC. Have you had KFCs? KFCs, I feel like was maybe a little spicier. That was spicier. Now the chicken is a little spicy, but it's not like you're gonna
0: burn. Right? Your yeah, mouth I was thinking of KFC.
2: Like KFC's sandwich is spicy, and I like spicy. It's spicy. I ate it. Don't get me wrong. But um,
1: but yeah, no Burger King's Burger King's good. So I'm trying to. Burger King does not have a description of the chicken versus the spicy chicken. Mm. So the Burger King chicken sandwich, um, is on one of the fun to premium say by buns. the way. It is fun to say, and it's literally, Luke, you can attest to this. It's literally an entire chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Like they did not cheap out on this. It's not this like processed patty. Right. It's literally like a filleted chicken breast right. that they fry. Um, on the regular chicken, I believe it's just the, the, um, the chicken breast pickle. And I believe Mayo on the spicy chicken, Luke, I don't know exactly what the mix and blend of spices were that go into that sauce, but it's savory. It's sweet. It does have a little bit of that heat. And then they put this, it's almost like a Chipotle Mayo or something like that on the sandwich. It's a complete mess. If you've eaten one, it's very easy to get all over the place. But it's absolutely fire, Luke. The reason...
2: Okay, go ahead. Proceed. No, no, no. I was going to make a comment about another fast food chicken sandwich because they're all coming out of the woodworks now.
1: Continue. Okay. Well, what I'm saying in defense of Burger King, okay, is I have seen some utter blatant disrespect (laughs) over the past five to ten years about Burger King, and I'm just no longer willing to stand for it, okay? (laughs) There used to be a time, Luke, back in my day where you could walk into your local McDonald's and you could say, sir, I would like the burger off of the value menu. And he would say, that will be $1, please. That no longer exists at the good old Ronald McDonald uh, that we all have no, now know to come and love. Mm-hmm. There's no dollar menu anymore. Everything It's the value menu. Everything's $2 or more. Yep. Okay. And folks, I don't want any comments on here about how, Fast food is not good for you. I don't care how it's trash. Let's not all act like when we were in high school and we would be wrapping up our evening of extracurriculars. This is a judgment-free zone. <laughs> let's not all act like we weren't hanging out of the back of our homeboys Ford Contour or mm. whatever it was. Yo, yo, let me get a 50-piece McNugget <laughs> for me and the boys. I'm not even going to ask if I can have a McFlurry. I know the ice cream machine is broken, right. but let's not all act like that's not where we came from. Right. That McDonald's and Taco Bell and all of these fast food establishments did not ha- have our back at one point or another. They still have my back. They okay. I can still one moment. <laughs> I can still go to Burger King, ask for a rodeo burger. First of all, Burger King's char broiled patties completely slept on. I've been saying this for years. If Wendy's would change to char uh, char char grilling. Char-broiling, yes, there we go. Char-broiling their patties, Wendy's would shut down the entire fast food game. It wouldn't even be close. They already have the best fast food patties. If they char-broiled them, it would not be close. Burger King, I believe, is only open because they continue to char-broil their burgers. If you want a char-broiled burger, Burger King is the only place you can go to. But the Rodeo Burger, Luke, it is just the sesame seed bun. The charbroiled patty, barbecue sauce, and they put onion rings on top of that. And it still, to this day, at 28 years old, only cost me $1. What? For $3, I can go to Burger King. I know it's terrible for you. I know it's probably mixed with sawdust. It's still delicious, and it sustains your boy. And that's, Burger King is fire. If you haven't been there in a while, just go and peruse the menu. I can almost guarantee that you will not be disappointed. They usually are not busy, so your food is almost always fresh made to order. And that's a little alarming, but. That's fine. I haven't died. I can tell you I always have a stomach ache for three days after,
2: (laughs) but I don't care. I keep going You don't die, though, so that's what matters. I don't die. So, okay, I've got a a spicy chicken sandwich take. Um, I don't know if it was you or Brandon that told me this. Um, McDonald's, the hack for the, the sandwich. So, okay. No, you told me one thing, I think, about what to do on the sandwich. What did you tell me? Get their hot sauce, their Mac? What is it?
1: They they used to have what they called a mighty hot that, sauce. They took it away? That is now gone. Okay. Yeah. So,
2: now, new alternative for you. I had them put... I think this was Brandon. I'm thinking of it. I had them put on the, my spi- on my chicken sandwich, on my spicy sandwich, had them put Mac sauce um,
1: I knew that's where you were going, dude, and I love dude,
2: it. it. It's good, it's good. The 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 Mac sauce is always good. We all know this. Everyone's had a. Did you? I tried a, a Big Mac, by the way. That's kind of the end of my point there, so I'll go into this real quick. I was basically peer pressured into trying a Big, Big Mac in like elementary school because.
1: Are you making it sound like the kids wanted you to do black tar hair? They did.
2: So anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, no, because I had never had—I don't think i had had a Big Mac or something—and the kids were like, um, the the you know people would be like, and kids in my class would be like, "You've never had a Big Mac?" I'd be like, "No." Should I? They're like, "Yeah, you need a Big Mac." So I feel like there's a lot of kids growing up. The cool thing to do was eat a Big Mac. Like you've had, you've gotten the kids meals, right? The kids meals at McDonald's. You've had the single patty burgers at McDonald's. You've had, you know, double hamburgers, but have you had the Big Mac? And you guys can comment below if this was any of y'all. If like growing up, like the standard for like being a a man or woman was having a Big Mac. Have you, have you like McDonald's, but have you had the Big Mac? That's what got me onto the Big Mac. Are you, are you a big fan of the Big Mac or, or no?
1: I'm not a big fan of the Big too Mac. Too much bread? The only reason, it's not too much bread. I think it's too much sandwich to go the shredded lettuce route. Mm. It gets everywhere. I love the McChickens right. from McDonald's. The only criticism I have of the McChicken is the shredded lettuce. It doesn't matter what you're doing, especially if you're driving. You just have shredded lettuce everywhere. Yeah. You'll be vacuuming for the next 17 months, and you'll still find shredded lettuce. Yeah if they would just move to like the single like i'm a big iceberg lettuce guy okay. like i like the light to like kind of white colored lettuce i'm not big on the like dark leafy romaine lettuce even though i understand that's better for you <laughs> if you have not inferred from this conversation <laughs> say, that's not always finding, my concern we're finding out yeah. in the drive through yeah exactly look i've been going i've been getting up at 5:30 most weekdays to try to go to the gym look so i'm i am trying folks you go. but um yeah i do like the big mac What I will say was my kind of rite of passage growing up, Um, right around, I think, the time I was like eight or nine, obviously, McDonald's has always had the Happy Meal. When I was around eight or nine, they introduced the Mighty Kids Meal. That was supposed to be more for like, Mm -hmm. I'm a grown-up kid. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So when I graduated from the Happy Meal and I started getting the Mighty Kids Meals, that's when I thought I had the juice. Wow. I thought I had it all going on. Okay. Big Mac, not so much. I don't remember when I had my first Big Mac. I did go through a big phase um, in high school where everything that I got, McChicken, Spicy McChicken, McDouble, whatever it was, again, shout out the dollar menu, it was always add max sauce. Have to. All the time. All the time. Not so much anymore. Um, usually when I go to McDonald's, I get a McDouble. Mm-hmm. I get a McChicken. I get a 10-piece nugget. I get a large Sprite because you have to get a Sprite at McDonald's. And then I get, like, two apple pies. Oh. Some people out there are like, that's a lot of food. As I slam it every single time. Refer to the
2: previous point. Jonathan is not really out here giving nutritional advice, okay? This is strictly taste bud advice.
1: That is a fact. Yeah, if, if you want something that tastes good and it's going to make you feel good, like a warm hug on the <laughs> inside, and then you're going to feel like your neck arteries starting <laughs> to clog, you holler at your boy, I got you 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Taco Bell guy as well. All right, Luke. I think that's enough for the food talk. Like I mentioned, I have been trying to be a little bit healthier. This is like my eighth bottle of water for the day, and uh, I don't want to get urges that's crazy. when I'm editing this later this is my, to hit the Uber. This eats. is my
2: eighth Berry Vodka Rita today, so that's you know me and me we aren't so different.
1: You work today, so that's that's very impressive, <laughs> very impressive. Good for you. Um, you know, like a good neighbor. Oh, State Farm is there, or Yo, wait, State that's Farm the enemy. sucks. You're in good hands. You're in good yeah. hands. All state. All St- Throw, All state. Shout, shout out shout out to All State. All right. This is my Luke. first
2: one, by the way. I'm joking. Okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If your employer is listening. Luke, um the Florida Gators decided to make some changes with some coordinator positions. I would love to hear your thoughts. This was the softball.
2: It's great. It's great. I'm happy. I'm giddy almost. Um hearing the news was great. Todd Grantham, defensive coordinator, gone. Offensive line coach. Gone. So hopefully that helps. And and hopefully those two guys won't just be the scapegoats for the eventual Dan Mullen departure. Dan needs to kind of tighten up the recruiting department. I or do it at all. Yeah, or recruit at all instead of just focusing on transfers and vacationing. Um yeah. So I I mean, not much else to say else to say besides, you know, Mullen's big point was like I was already thinking about doing it at the end of the season. I figured why wait to do something I'm already going to do. Might as well just go ahead and jump on kind of, you know, trying to get a hire, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to hire Ed Orgeron as the defensive coordinator from LSU, who is the head coach. Uh, Obviously, they won a natty with Joe Burrow.
1: The man who speaks like an alligator that swallowed a box of marbles. Yes, I need
2: subtitles when he speaks. Um, Yes, Ed Orgeron. Um, Or Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp once coached the Gators. Was... Really? Was terrible, but an incredible defensive coach. Have Orgeron, Muschamp, line them up. There's, there's a the the coaching carousel for defensive coordinators. I'm all on board. I, I hope, I am praying they can't make a bad hire. Nobody's gonna be worse than Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham was the reason the Gators weren't in national title contention last year, giving up like 35 points a game, which is stupid when we're putting up like 40 a game. So you know, you know, you you almost beat Alabama in the SEC championship. You're the you're the closest team to Alabama last year, despite your terrible defense. You can't tell me if they didn't have uh, you know a halfway decent defensive coordinator that Florida isn't at least in the championship last year. Sucks, but it is what it is. Grantham's gone. See ya, adios. All
1: right, let's hear your college picks. You're fired up about the NCAA.
2: Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Recap last week, um, Nebraska plus 14 and a half against Ohio State. Sole reason being Nebraska doesn't lose by uh, double digits. You know, they had lost whatever it was, like six games, seven games up to that point, all by single digits. Didn't matter. Seventh-ranked team, third-ranked team, eighth-ranked team, single digits. They lost to Ohio State, single digits. Anyway, That hit. Miami minus minus ten and a half against Georgia Tech. That didn't hit. I think they won by three. Uh, so college record up to this point, Jonathan, is 12, 8, and 2. Uh, last week, I had Baltimore minus six against Minnesota. That didn't hit. Uh, Patriots minus three and a half against the Panthers. That absolutely hit. So uh, I think I'm 8 and 10 NFL. So, like, you guys can listen to my bets, but never, like, be like, oh, Luke said NFL bets. We don't do that. Um, No reason. But when it does come to college, feel free. Um, Let's see. This week in college, Jonathan, New Mexico State is playing Alabama.
1: You know what the spread is, Jonathan? I'm going to guess 35. 51
2: and a half. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my word. So
2: anyway, if it wasn't to be already thought just by logic, I make I hit a lot of bets by logic, by the way, if you guys haven't been listening, New Mexico State plus 51 and a half numbers too big. Alabama yeah, played an FCS school earlier. Mercer College only beat him by 32. It's not like Alabama couldn't beat him by 100. But Saban just doesn't care. Saban doesn't care unless he's got some personal vendetta against you. Then he'll run it up on you. Uh leads me to believe he has no personal vendetta against New Mexico State. So we're taking New Mexico State, the Aggies, fifty one and a half. Um then we're going Michigan. Going t- What's
1: an Aggie? Why uh, why like Texas m is also the Aggie. I think it's, What's I think an it's Aggie? a
2: cowboy, right? I guess. I don't know. Let let let's clear this up. What is an Aggie? Um The good old Google. Someone machine. from the farm.
3: Okay. The name was commonly to given
2: know. to students attending agricultural schools, and that's that's where it comes from. Um, so right. anyway, yeah, then plus 51.5. Moving on real quick to Michigan versus Penn State. They're going to Penn State. Uh, Michigan minus 1.5 is what I'm taking. Michigan's got a great pass rush, so Penn State's going to have a hard time against them. Penn State, if they opted to try to run the ball, they suck, so they can't run the ball. So Michigan, I'm not saying it'll be pretty, but Michigan's offense is well-balanced enough to win and cover this game. Minus one and a half, give me the Wolverines over Penn State. So those are my college picks for this week.
1: Wolverines!
2: Right, so into NFL, Jonathan.
1: All right, so NFL last week, um, not a not a great week for me. I, I really thought, um, you know, without Derrick Henry, the Titans were going to struggle. I had the Rams minus seven, at a, seven and a half at home. Uh, the Rams have been very good this year. And, you know, just kind of trying to put everything on the back of, of Ryan Tannehill I thought the Titans were going to struggle they blew out the Rams obviously so I lost that bet uh my next pick uh was Chargers minus one and a half at the Eagles cashed in on that and then I got talked into the Ravens minus sounds six like and a half. You, yep. you lost yep I I thought it was a sure thing Kirk Cousins sucks mm-hmm. um the Ravens have been very good this year I never believe in Kirk Cousins I always bet against Kirk Cousins and this week we got like the good Kirk Cousins And if you're betting against him, it's just not great. Baltimore had the chance. Um, I believe it was either yet in overtime, um, to, you know, score a touchdown and at least push. So I could get my money back, but then, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, misses, uh, I mean, no, he fumbles the ball Ravens end up getting the ball back and winning this game. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, what we call a bad beat last week. So this week, Luke, there are a few storylines that I really like. Right now, I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers, um, Seattle at the Packers, Packers minus three and a half. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, out this entire week, I believe he'll be coming back this week, has been hearing all of the chatter, all of the slander, everybody calling him a scumbag, regardless of what you think about his vaccination status. Aaron Rodgers is a very vain person, yep. cares what people think. Um, I think he's going to come out guns blazing. Uh, This is a Packers team struggle last week, obviously, with Jordan Love. Um, I'm thinking, I believe they're getting guys back like Devontae Adams as well. So uh, this is going to be, I believe Russell's playing this week. It's going to be his first week back um, off of that thumb injury, pretty gruesome thumb injury um, now that I've heard the way that the doctor described it. Um, But yeah, I've got Packers minus three and a half at home versus the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. I'm betting against um, Kirk Cousins once again. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, minus three and a half at home against the Vikings. Chargers, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks have, you know, started to cool off a bit. Minnesota Vikings, you know, they just played a really good game against the Ravens. The Vikings almost never play two good games in a row. And I just really like Justin Hubert. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. So, again, he lost me money this week, but I'll probably put some more money on him, Did- uh, you know, uh, This coming week. Did you say Hubert? Justin Herbert. Mm, Sorry, said Hubert. If I said that, I apologize. Yeah, it's it's very possible. You you
2: said Hubert. That's all right. That's That's fine. fine.
1: People know what I meant. Justin Herbert. Hubert. I just wanted to. I just wanted to point it out
2: before people pointed it out. You know. Oh, that's Um, fine. Yeah, I don't. Also, I misspeak all the time. Right. It's a. It's a one thing thing I wanted to ask. Aaron Rodgers was fined fifteen thousand dollars for safety and protocols. Right.
1: So five bucks, yeah.
2: What do you, did you see this report of what it was like and like how the amount for an average person? I'm guessing $5.33. It is, it is equivalent to paying someone $33 to him paying the 15K fine, which is.
1: Hilarious. I haven't paid all that much attention to it, but it definitely seems like he intentionally deceived people into thinking that he was vaccinated. Now, you and I, you know, have kind of shared our thoughts, yeah. you know, on vaccination. So I don't want to get into that, but um, yeah, lying is is something like pretty different. If you don't want to talk about it, just say I don't want to talk about it, or you know, tell the truth. But lying, never really a good look, right?
2: So all that to say, Jonathan, thirty three dollars. That's what it would be like if we paid. You know, Aaron Rodgers is paying that fifteen k. Moving on. Yeah. My picks for NFL this week.
1: I wasn't done. What? I wasn't done.
2: How many more do you got I over gave there? Two.
1: I got two. I got two okay. more. Okay. Just because I like some of these okay, storylines. Tr- tr- so the Titans, they shut me up last week. New Orleans Saints. I still don't believe in their quarterback situation. I bet against them. Uh, was well, I didn't bet against them. I picked against them last week in my pool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons beat the saints and then, um, Buffalo bills at the New York jets, Buffalo bills coming off of a tough loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you got Joe Flacco starting back there at quarterback. I think Josh Allen is going to go insane and the bills are going to torch the jets bills minus 13.
2: I'm, that was your last one. I I want to make sure you didn't have 10 more. Um, okay. Nope. Just four. Okay, great. So um, I've got a couple for you, per usual. I've got uh, Patriots minus one and a half against the Browns. Patriots seem to have, like, they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Okay? Patriots have won and covered their past three games. A 62-point differential and a plus-five turnover differential. I'm all aboard, Patriots. I'm smashing it. Minus one and a half. Next, Chiefs minus two and a half against the Raiders. Defense for the Chiefs has improved despite, you know, the, the offensive struggles. Uh Raiders without a couple defensive players, key defensive players this week, uh, seems to be. Mahomes looked better last week. Not as you know, turnovers were have been the issue for him. Uh offensive line, I think, is gonna hold up for um uh, for the Chiefs against the Raiders defense. And I think that the the uh the difference there is going to be the offensive line for the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, this is his week to kind of get in rhythm. I think uh, I, I really do like Chiefs minus two and a half.
1: Uh, so some breaking news today, Um, you know, that Odell Beckham is going to be signing with the Los Angeles Rams after being released by the Browns. Um, I wanted to ask you really quickly, do you feel like that move in particular really raises their ceiling?
2: I, I, I don't. I think it adds, right? It, anything helps, I guess, to add to an already good team. OBJ is going into a situation where he's going to be on a team that's a contender. I think that that'll help him a lot um, in terms of just him and OBJ kind of being a little difficult sometimes. So I, I think that um, – and I think it's more so OBJ needs the Rams than the Rams need OBJ. The Rams have got their, their rhythm – the the Stafford to Cup connection goes crazy. I I I think that yeah, I stand by it. OBJ needs the Rams more than the Rams need him. Um I think it's fine. I don't I don't think that it's like a a crazy thing, right? I don't I don't think it's a crazy deal at all. It feels about to me like Cam Newton going back to Carolina. It just doesn't doesn't move the needle for me. Like yeah Cam's gonna go back to Carolina Maybe they can make the playoffs. I really don't know. Um, But I don't think that either of those storylines are as big as they would obviously would have been years ago. Um, These are just two players who are kind of riding off into the sunset and trying to find their way. So
1: it's so crazy to me because like the first three seasons, there's nobody in the world that could tell me that Odell wasn't going to go down as one of the greatest (laughs) wide receiver, wide receivers of all time. Um, You know, I love Eli Manning. He's probably my favorite athlete in the history of this planet. Um, but what Odell was doing with what Eli was capable and what the offensive line would allow Eli to do at the time was just incredible. Uh, obviously, now he's had you know a ton of injuries. My thing with the Rams is like, I mean, it's obviously if you're the Rams and you have the opportunity to sign a, a guy like Odell... You know, it's a low risk, high reward situation. If he's able to recapture any of that type of magic, you know, it's just why not have another guy like that? But my thing is, you have a guy in Cooper Cup that does everything that Odell is good at, but does it 15 times better at this Mm -hmm. point. Cooper Cup, you know, he's arguably been the best wide receiver in the league this year. Um, And I just don't know if Odell is able to. I have this theory, especially with football players, is that if you are one of those peak guys, once you have a significant drop off from that, you just never get back to that mm-hmm. point. Like we saw it with, especially running backs. You see it with guys like, you know, Lashawn McCoy, um, you know, like Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, um, you know, Chris Johnson. Like once you come down off of that, like we saw it with David Johnson. Once you're elite and then you're just kind of mediocre, you just never see guys really yeah. get back to that peak. And I don't think Odell is going to do that. I would say there's like 10% of me that wanted the Giants just to roll the dice, bring him back. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, a rocky ending. Obviously having the same general manager there was never going to happen. Um, you know, all the things that he got accused of, you know, of of in New York and in Cleveland. Um, but part of me just wanted to see that 13 one more time, see if he could just tear (laughs) it, you know, off for you know, 97 yards or something crazy. Like we used to see, um, Really one of the most fun athletes in his prime that I've ever watched, Odell Beckham. Um, I you know, I could crap on him for his history with the Giants, but I really do wish him well. I think, and I think most people will agree with this, the move for the Rams that really moves the needle is Vaughn Miller. Adding Vaughn Miller to that defensive line with Aaron Donald, the Rams, if you didn't think they were real contenders before, this legitimately makes the Rams contenders. Um, you know, if, if those guys can stay healthy. Um, yeah, and I really like Matt Stafford. Yeah. So I, I'm all on the I, you know, the Rams bandwagon and I'm excited for a you know, Rams, Bucks, NFC championship is looks like what we're headed and for. And the last thing I'll say, it's a very
2: trivial thing. SportsCenter did a certain player on the Rams dirty. They said stars in LA Matt Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, OBJ, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald. Where's Cooper Cup? Yeah, where's
1: Cooper Cup? He's arguably been the best player on their team this He's year.
2: He's arguably been the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. Put him on yeah. the graphic. Anyway, that's it. That was my side piece there. I saw that.
1: You can't put the white wide receiver on the graphic, <laughs> Luke. Come on, son. Luke, I think that's going to do it for us this week. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's good. We uh, this is a fun one. It was a, a long one, one.
2: and yeah, a fun one.
1: All right, Luke, then we'll go ahead and wrap up just a few uh, housekeeping items really quickly. Um, If you guys don't know or if you're not subscribed to Patreon already, we'll be having our first Patreon-exclusive Zoom call coming up this Tuesday, the 16th at 8 o'clock Eastern for our Hall of Fame-tier patrons, so if you guys are interested in that, Uh, You can either upgrade your Patreon tier or you want to subscribe to the Patreon. You guys will be able to join that. We're really just going to be hanging out. You guys can uh, answer any questions that you might have. Obviously we'll be talking Orlando Magic basketball. That's going to be a lot of fun. So again, that's coming up on 1116 at eight o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Make sure you guys come and hang out with us. Uh, That is going to be a lot of fun. And then just a quick shout out to our patrons. No new patrons this week, but we'll shout out court cousins, drew Gooden, Armin Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio, and Joseph Chubb. Really appreciate your guys' support. Thank you so much. Guys, that is going to do it for us this week. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to Shoot the Shot, and we will catch you guys next time. See
3: ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?